And now, Grantland Pop Culture. Well, welcome back to a special edition of the Hollywood Perspectives Podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite actors, Michael Pena. What's up, man? What's up? I thought you were saying welcome back to me. I'm like, no, dude, it's my first time. <laughs> welcome back to multiple guests, yeah. times guests, yeah. Michael Pena. My spirit animal. Like the here. Bill Murray of the Letterman show here. That's uh, right. No, man, but you're in Ant-Man's coming out uh, next month. Yeah. So that's what you're here to, to talk about, but you haven't seen the movie yet, so we're kind of doing a little bit of guesswork. I know, but I'm like, but I read the script, yeah. and I was there, so I, you know, I know what kind of thing was going on. And actually, like, it's it's pretty rad, but like usually, like you have a movie and you kind of know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, and like especially with a drama, or you know, you know the tone, you know how it was on set. Um, and this one, I got to be honest, I'm like the you know the trailers came out, and I was. Thoroughly impressed. Yeah, because it seemed like we were having too much fun when we were filming it, and when actors say like, "Oh, I had a great time. He was just the best." <laughs> a lot, it's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're like, "Yeah, right." That guy was such an. <laughs> ass. Everybody knows this guy's an. <laughs> ass. And you know, and they're like, "No, no, seriously, Satan, shooting with Satan was pretty cool. <laughs> he was kind of nice." So did you spend most of your time like it's you and Ti are together a lot, right? Me, Ti, David Dasmochen. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul. Oh, that Rudd. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually forgot it. I'm like, were you a part of it when Edgar Wright was still uh, slated to direct it? Yeah, yeah. I was. So you went Dude, through that really, whole process. It was though. really cool because he. Well, thank you know, thank him. You know, he got it started, and then Marvel, you know, did their thing, and then they did more changes and yeah. stuff. And it was, you know, I was along for the whole ride. But uh, he actually wrote it uh, for me. Oh which wow, is, which is awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, he he was a big fan of uh, Eastbound and Down and Observe and Report, and uh, you know, thank God, you know, he he watched those things and yeah. he, he wrote that. And then uh, you know, during you know, because in rewrites you can lose characters sure. or not lose characters, so you, you never knew, you know. And so he did like the first inception of it, and then you know, kept on going down the line, and uh, I I just seemed to pop up in the rewrites. And you got to cross your fingers, you know, because yeah. at any moment, like there could be, like you know, someone in the racer have a, you know, have a bright. It must idea. be weird too, because Rudd's writing a little bit of it, so you must be like, "What's up, man? Can I get like a, a nice big close-up I was, here?" Yeah, but I wasn't in on the writing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I really wanted to be, but like a lot of it has to get approved because there's, sure. Marvel has like a very specific tone, and you know, I just watched um, Captain America with my kid. The first one or the second? Uh, the second one. Okay. And I, you know, my son, he liked Thor. He liked Captain America. Um, but there's, like, there's some movies that he, he, you know, he doesn't really like. He, You know. How old is he? He's six. Okay. But there's some superhero movies that he didn't like. You know what I mean? Right. Because they were too dark. Yeah, yeah. Well, they are. They get pretty dark now, right? Because, like, most of them end with the world almost ending. And it yeah, can be... he wasn't a big fan of, of Batman. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I was like, I totally get it. I'm like, it's for older audience. But for some reason, Marvel is able to get that tone. And they spend a lot of time on the writing. Yeah. So that you can laugh. Um, little kids can laugh. And then there's jokes in there for the adults. And then there's the comic book part of it where everybody's like, oh, yeah. And that's what's so awesome is that that... Because I read comic books as well. Did you grow up reading comics? Um, I didn't. Actually, Seth Rogen, uh, when I was doing uh, um, Observer Report, he taught, you know, he, I said, hey, I heard you read comic books. He's like, yeah, it's awesome. And so he made me, like, he said, you should get every preacher. And he's doing that now for AMC, right? And now he's doing yeah, it. That's and that, awesome. That was like six years later, seven years later. And he's doing the preacher. And I got to tell you, I thought that it was some of the, 
it's it's some of it was better writing than the actual scripts yeah. that win all these awards and stuff. It's just it was really well thought out, and for it to have nine books was really amazing. Um, and then now that I have a kid, you know, I watch a whole lot of like more animation, uh -huh. more of those things, and I actually have an appreciation for those. Have you shown has your kid seen Star Wars yet? That's like the he has not seen Star Wars. Are you saving it? Oh no no he did see Star Wars and he's he thinks it's cool. Okay he thinks it's cool but like. Do you, were you sitting there like watching him? Like, do you think it's cool? This is cool, right? Like, no, I mean, there's always the yeah. <laughs> there's always the like, am I gonna be the dork dad or yeah. the cool dad? Yeah. And I was the meh dad. Yeah. Well, it's because the the CGI now is um, so much better. Yeah. It's just so much better, and he's just used to that. So you, you know, he he appreciated. He definitely appreciated. He just didn't grow up in that era where you're like, you know, having that oh my god moment. Yeah. Well, this is new. Yeah. This is something that I haven't seen before. I also think that it's weirdly, like, I know that a bunch of my friends who have, like, kids that are around, like, 10, 12 have shown their kid Jaws recently. Yeah. Which is a little intense, obviously, and, like, will definitely scare kids but out But they start the laughing because it, it looks like a, they think it looks like a robot. But there's still stuff in Jaws that's, like, it's the, it's as good as it was in the 70s. You're just like, oh, my God. I yeah. I'm so wrapped up in this movie. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, like... If someone's reaction, you know what I mean, is very, very authentic, yeah. whether they really feel it or not, but it, like, you know, the way the director shoots it, like, it really does resonate with ki with the audience, yeah. period. You know, one of my favorite movies is A Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it I, for me, it still holds up now. And uh, so, like, that and good storytelling, but, I'm, you know, I, I can't wait to watch all the oldies with my kid. Yeah, right. You know? um, one of the things that's so impressive about it's just like the sheer volume you do. Like you're just moving on. Like the, the, the amount of like really quality movies and television shows you're appearing on. I think it would be kind of interesting for a listener or the, the viewer to kind of know, like what's the last, say, 15 months as a sample size like for you? You're on one set. You get a call. You get a script. You said, uh, you know, the, the Ant-Man part was originally written for you, but is something like, say, I don't know, like The Martian, is that something you just get a script? You, you get a call from an agent like Ridley Scott wants you to come read? Like, how does that kind of stuff bowl into each other? And, like, are you ever surprised by someone who's like, hey, man, I saw End of Watch, and that's why I want you for this, or whatever? <laughs> the way you just sounded was like, so there was some drug dealer, hey, man, I got a script. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was like, slow down, dude. And I'm like, it's not that weird. Hey, man. Hey man, I got this pipe. Man. I saw this fury. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna like it, man? Uh, no, uh, we'll see. I'll walk you like. Let's begin like last January. Okay. Uh, I was doing this uh, TV show, which I really like, and you know Daniel Futterman wrote the script, and Great I thought story. it was a really. Yeah. I thought it was just a airtight scripts, um, and I was I I called my agent. And I was like, is this television? And television is changing. Yes. Um, and it's really cool So I'm glad I was able to do that You had such a crazy Like you've been on Some of the best shows ever But in very small parts Obviously But like NYP Blue You were on ER Felicity Yeah I mean I started in television Yeah And the way You know And some of it is like Exposition and stuff like that So you have to learn How to try to You have to try to make it Quote unquote You know Yours and special sure. And like worth watching You know Yeah And sometimes I would do too much Where I was trying to make A dollar out of 15 cents When you only had one line <laughs> And it's that way And you're like Dude just say that way Just <laughs> let's practice That way I was like oh okay um, So I did that And then I did uh, And then I did a, um, You know the Marvel movie And then into Martian And then uh, I think I had like a day off Really And then I did uh, War on Everyone And then as soon as I got back I'm now I'm working out like five, six times a week for uh, chips. Right. So it's all I, I like always being 
busy. And yeah, I like always being busy, but always being involved. And I j it's just knock on wood, but I've been really fortunate, just like this Marvel flick. I read the script, and you know there was somebody at my door, you know, in England, to making sure that I like. What am I going to do with it? You yeah, know right. What I mean? Like, and they were waiting outside the door for. for this me is like when you were shooting Fury or something. I was doing yeah. Fury, um, and then I and then I, I read it and I was like, wow, this is really amazing. I, I like that they were actually able to crack the the story for Ant Man. Yeah, because uh, a lot of times you read a you know a rough draft and you're like, it's cracked, and sometimes you read a. a, a um, you know, rough draft, and it's just not there, and you right. keep on working on it. But uh, that's—I mean, I just try to do really good stories, and Ant Man's one of these. Were, have you ever done a movie like something like, say, Gangster Squad, where like you're on the set, and I really like doing Gangster Squad, and there's parts of Gangster Squad I really like, but you're like on the set doing it, and you're like, this is this is it, like this is going to be like people are going to love this movie, and then it comes out, and maybe it doesn't pop off the way you were hoping it did. And conversely, have you ever been on the set of a movie and been like? can't really tell if this is if this is working out and then it winds up being really good uh, I mean you don't have to be specific I understand that one you know but like in terms of like is it strange because especially if you're working a lot like you do yeah. this, how hard is it to keep your perspective on that stuff I think it's I mean I think it's okay I'm like I, I uh, there's been a couple times that I've been wrong but like for the most part if you get a good story and I think this is really important if you get like a really good story and then you have the actors that are all, all telling that specific story and are 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 not trying to do like their own show. Uh huh. You know, because every every story has its own rhythm. You know, if you um, if you watch a Paul Thomas Thomas Anderson movie, yeah. or, you know what I mean. It's a very specific you know way of being. Marvel movie, it's a very specific way of being, and you have to t you know join the team. But there's sometimes where someone tries to individuate so much. So that it's hard to tell yeah. the story, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's why, like, you know, Apocalypse Now is such an amazing movie, and I can't believe he even got it made was because he had all these crazy did ever, actors. Did you see the documentary they made yeah, about that? Oh it my was god, crazy! And he's like, some days Brando just is like, I'm not acting today. Yeah, he's not <laughs> acting today. Well, I mean, I've I've encountered that. Yeah, have you? <laughs> which is which is amazing because if you we were working nine to five and you're like, you know. I'm going to take the day off. Yeah. You're like, no, you're not, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. Um, I'm really curious about uh, The Martian just because I, it's a book I've, I've read and like also just huge Ridley Scott fan. You've worked with a lot of really great directors. I was hoping maybe you could tell me a little bit about what's, it, what's distinctive about a Ridley Scott set. Um, first of all, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different tone altogether because he, he likes you know, to be very real. Okay. Um, you know, Marvel, like you, it's it's funny, but you go into that world, and you're acting within that world. If that makes any it's sense, almost like like a playroom almost. Yeah. Well, like if you think of this as a set, right? And you look at a Marvel set, it's just awesome. Okay. You know what I mean? Like for everything to every little detail, they get the best cinematographers, and when you walk in, it's almost like going to Six Flags. Right. You know, where you're like, you just act different than you know, going to work than you do at Six Flags. And then same thing goes with um, with Ridley Scott. He's such an amazing director that like he shoots, you know, five different cameras at a time. He's got, you know, Video Village. He's got five different monitors, and then he's got somebody cutting it right there. Yeah. And doing the editing, and then he's just yelling off, and he just so good on perspective, and he was so good at juggling that I didn't really know what he was doing. And then, uh, you know, after a couple after lunch or whatever. He would edit like a rough cut of what we were doing. I was like, oh my 
Like he, <laughs> he just already it's he just already has the movie in his head. Yeah. And so he knows where he's gonna cut, and he knows if it's too far, if it's the wrong angle, like you know, from from the audience perspective, and which is what he shoots. Yeah. I mean, but he uh, he's just an amazing guy, and he knows he knows your character and what line. Or a lot of you know a lot of directors know scenes. He knows the specifics of everything and where he's already planned it out. Yeah. He does storyboards and uh, he's just a fantastic the storyteller. Perspective thing you can see like in Prometheus where you're just like that thing is as big as this is small. Like, yeah, and just... he knows that like shooting it straight on sometimes is just gigantic or just moving it a little up. Yeah. Making you into that like that little kid. Like and it hovers right over you. And then it goes right, you know. And then once you get that perspective, then he can cut to like the thing going right at you, and you're like. <laughs> and then when you watch it as a as an actor on set, you're like, yes, yeah, it's the right movie. Because you yeah. want to do good movies. Yeah. Who wants to do movies? Yeah, you know. Um, so for as much as the stuff you're choosing here and there, and, and I know that you you work on that w- uh, War on Everyone, and I just saw Calvary a, a couple of months ago, and I was really oh, blown right away on. by it. Like, yeah, I can't wait for this one to come out. What was that like? Because that's obviously a much smaller film. Yeah, man. But I'm like, the script was so awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was another actor attached to it for like a year. Oh, really? I was attached to it for for a year with someone else. And two weeks before filming, he just drops out and gets another movie. And I I couldn't believe it. That was the first time that's ever happened, you know? Really? Uh, It was kind of a bummer because you you think about it, you know, in terms of, of that, you know, with that person and then... And then all of a sudden they split, but it, you know it's Hollywood. That's what sure. they do. And in your mind, you're like, we're going to do this and this. And no, then, but, yeah. but the reason that it was a bummer is because like, you know, you always have a heart like start date, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's, you know, there's funds that have to be put in this date. You know what I mean? And there's companies that want to say, yeah. like, you know, we want to spend this amount on that to make a return in the year. And so there's a there's a money schedule, and so we it could have potentially not went right. But uh, it just so happens that Alexander Skarsgård comes in and just kills it. Yeah, and like, like he's, and it's funny because I'm like he, it's it's almost like he got the tone before I did. Interesting. Um, yeah, and in rehearsals, he was he was doing it, and he was really comfortable with it, you know, with what he was doing. So I really relied on, um, like the first week on the director, but it's such a. It's 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 a it, there's a lot of humor in it. Yeah, but it was making me laugh. That's the crazy thing about Calvary is your watch. It's like the darkest possible material, and it's hilarious. Yeah, that's what I yeah that's what I that's what I love about Calvary and the guard. Yeah. as well. But I think that's a consistency throughout a lot of your work. I mean, there's funny stuff in End of Watch. There's dramatic stuff in Observe and Report. You know, like it's interesting that you're got you're you with a lot of the projects you work on you'll find the drama or the comedy in, like, the opposite kind of material. Yeah, I'm like, whenever I'm reading a script, it's always interesting, like, when you have, like, a, a specific viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, like a like a, like a a voice, they call it, for writers. Yeah. And then there's the oh-my-God moment, like the oh moment, where you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then it goes off, but it doesn't venture off and, like, uses that some kind of trick. It's just another, you know, the story just changes. And then we went this place... And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, Bobby got drunk and he got into a fight with the sailor, but the sailor knew his dad. Yeah. So then he's like, I can help you find your dad. And we just got through, you know, so yeah, it's yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and that, that's how his script is. It just changes and it's almost never what you think it is. Yeah. And the conversations are also really awesome. So that's out in fall, winter? I think they're going to do like a little Sundance 
okay. thing. So maybe next year, yeah. Yeah, he's he's had guard and cavalry in right. Yeah, and Sundance. Right, so. and then uh, Martian. Which be good because I haven't I haven't been there. Martian is October uh, October second. Okay, I think. And then we have we have uh, Ant Man July seventeenth, right? July seventeenth. That's gonna be awesome. All right, man, thank you so much for coming in. It was really a pleasure. No worries, man. Take awesome. Care. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcast.